off-the-cuff comic conversations. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the comic book Time Machine. I'm Matt Anderson, making my return to this podcast for the first time in months. And I'm joined by a special guest host, someone who I've listened to on podcasts multiple, multiple times. I talk to this person via Facebook almost daily. But listeners, this is the first time we've ever spoken in person to each other over Skype. That's right. I'm joined here by Evan David. Evan. Hello. Hello and welcome. Thank you. This is actually my second time on the comic book time machine, inside the comic book time machine. That's right. You did the whole Gods and Monsters series, right? That's right. Yep. Yep. So good to be back. Good to finally talk to you face to face, sort of. Right. So we were, I mean, I was just saying this right (laughs) before we went officially on the air, but it's crazy. I mean, I don't feel like we've never talked before. Yep. Me neither. But... Here we are, first time. This is it, yeah. I've been wanting to do it for a while because I sometimes talk to my wife about people I meet through podcast world, and I refer to people like yourself as my friends, but it's Mm. it's weird that (laughs) we've never spoken before, so... We've exchanged gifts. Yeah, we've we've given each other Christmas presents. We've... (laughs) I mean, I remember... I mean, I think I might have even talked about this on the air once, but last summer when DC Rebirth happened, I couldn't find... The first issue of Flash, you found it at your store and mailed it to me. So just a great guy. Yep. So thank you. Oh, and, no problem. I mean, actually, one of the things... So as the title alluded to, this is off the cuff. We're talking about... We have no agenda. We're just going to talk about random things. However, one of the things uh, that we for sure are going to talk about tonight is Batgirl. That's the only thing I know we'll talk about. And it's uh, some volumes of Batgirl that you mailed me that you thought I would like. Yes. So we'll and talk that, about that. And- if you listen to Strange and Aliens, I talk about it a lot. Cassandra Cain Batgirl is probably my second favorite superhero there is. So I mean, wanted to, and I heard I was listening to you guys on on Sci Fi Christian and doing the top one hundred. Was it top one hundred or top fifty you know, comic book characters? For comic book characters, we did fifty. So top fifty comic book characters countdown. Yeah. Yes. And I sent in a list, and I put her so high up there, it managed to get her on the list. And you guys had a conversation about her, and you said you never read anything. So I'm like, oh, well, I got to fix this. Well, yeah. I, mean, so. I don't want to spoil too much about what we'll talk about in a minute here. But I had never read one thing with this character. In fact, as I found out more about her story, I was pretty surprised about some of her background. So we'll come back to that. But what are some things that when you first approached me about doing this episode – what were some things that you definitely wanted to discuss? Were there other comics that you think we have in, in common that it would be fun to talk about? Basically, I just wanted to hang out with you. Yeah, no, I, t- I, I since, hear you. I totally get it. <laughs> since we've never gotten to... Because we, we cross a lot of our friends you know, that we meet over you know, pod, in podcast world. They, we yeah. all do shows with them and stuff and talk, but we never... You and I have never been on a show together, so exactly. I just well, wanted to, to make that happen. You know, you may know this, but maybe you don't, so I'll just tell you. But for years, there was a Facebook message feed that was just always going between myself, Daniel Butcher, and Ben Avery. So the three of us, 
basically just daily are sending each other links or things happening in our personal lives, uh, things happening at work, comic related. I mean, it could be if things are interesting to the podcast audience and things are just mm. our real lives. Then out of nowhere, one day I see that Ben Avery adds you to this group. I had never met you. We never talked. But yep. now the four of us are in this constant feed of information daily. I mean, yep. tons of messages every day. I tend to read more than I probably write in there, but I'm always <laughs> keeping up on everything. So, I, yeah, I feel like, again, it's just so weird that here we are, first time talking. So, well, yeah. let's just start with Batgirl. If you don't have an agenda, I, I had one thing I okay. thought we could talk about later, which is Silver Surfer, because both of us like Silver Surfer. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, okay. So, so let's, uh, yeah. I'll try not to, I think in this conversation, I'll try to do minimal spoilers and ca- so that we can entice people to read things that we're interested in. So no matter what we come sure. across, let's not do too many spoilers. So. Okay. All right. Batgirl, Cassandra Kane. This is pre-Flashpoint, so not in the New yes. 52 world. Uh, in other words, the good old days. Right. The good old days of DC. Actually, you might be shocked by this, but even though I've read select stories from the pre-Flashpoint universe, mm-hmm. I I don't think I really got into comics until... Well, okay. Let me start over. I read comics as a kid, but I read mostly Marvel and some right. DC so in uh, adulthood, when I started reading comics again, uh, the, I would read whatever the library had. And so that I really started getting into DC with the advent of the New 52. <laughs> so right. it, I, I've, he- I've heard you talk about this. So it's not that the New 52 is like my universe, but in a sense, it's the one I feel more attached to. Well, I don't even think that's because I know a lot of the well-known stories from the old universe. Mm-hmm. Uh I, yeah, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say other than there's a lot of pre-Flashpoint I have no idea about. And so this is what one of them. What you're telling me is that I'm going to need to send a lot more comics your way. I mean, if you think there's things the, out there. The, yeah. So, Dude, dude, I'm going to be like, like one, maybe two uh, post-New 52 stories. Oh, really? I don't like, like – yeah. And so – but there's so many story arcs across multiple characters that I just love and adore from pre-Flashpoint. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk. I might have to send some more stuff your way. So anyway. Dan- Daniel and I are really to- lucky. We go to the same library, and they have such a great catalog that there is quite a bit probably of even the old stuff I have access to. But everything, okay. everything new, uh, I mean, anything that you can think of that comes out new shows up at our library. I mean, I've been right. really surprised by the vast variety of comics and graphic novels that show up at the at our library. So uh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about, even though I don't want to do full spoilers, just a little bit about this character's background that I had never known about before. Do you are you comfortable with me going a little oh, bit sure. into her origin? Yeah. Okay. okay so this Batgirl, Cassandra Kane, I. Heard the name. I had no idea who she was. It turns out that she is mute. Is this right? I mean, at, at first she's mute. So and I go ahead. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> okay. So well, let me. So I mean, this, this is, is an I, interesting part about her character. Well, uh, yeah. So what I was gonna go say ahead. is, so she's mute. She also doesn't even really think in the word ways that we do with words in our head, but she. She responds to body language. So what makes her a great crime fighter, this is an actually an awesome feature, awesome superpower, is it's almost as if she 
can see just a little into the future by the way you're moving your body, she can fight people because she anticipates what what they're going to do. So no one can beat her in a fight because she's always anticipating. So, right, so, so she's not necessarily so, mute by the strict definition of the word, but more in the sense that her mind is worked in a way where she doesn't speak. She has the ability to speak, but she doesn't know vocabulary, correct? The, right. The, the reason... The reason she's mute because of this is, and I, I'm okay with spoiling this because I think this will make people interested in the character. Is her dad is a guy who trained Batman for for a time, and he's the greatest assassin in the world. And so he had a thought experiment that he wanted to make an actual experiment that he raised this girl from a baby, and instead of teaching her to talk and communicate, she he trained her in lethal combat. So basically he's used up the language centers of her brain for fighting moves. So she speaks body and she reads body. Yeah. And so that's like any sort of mus- muscle twitch that you do. She knows what that means you're going to do for yeah. your next move. So that's, that's why she can anticipate. So that was actually pretty cool. So when this volume that you sent me started, Batman had already met her. I mean, this mm-hmm. is her beginning of her own series. So can you tell me a little bit about what happened prior to this? How did Batman come across her, and how did he decide he, she should be a part of the Bat family? Okay, so this this takes place after a massive, massive story arc called Cataclysm and No Man's Land in, in Batman. And basically what happens is Gotham City gets hit with a... 10 or something on the Richter scale earthquake and it just levels destroys the entire city and so the, the all of Gotham is basically what happens is the president of the United States is like Gotham is unsavable so we are disconnecting it from the United States of America Dang. and it's now officially a no man's land so the only law and order in the city is Batman his team and a couple of cops who have decided to stay behind. It's super interesting. It it goes on for volumes and volumes and volumes. Anyway, I've actually I've, first he- make- I've heard of No Man's Land because I heard that it was just one part of the inspiration that led to Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Rises. And yeah, you can definitely see where he's drawn inspiration from it because yeah, yeah, it's basically the same thing. So, um. This is where she makes her first appearance, and she makes her first appearance. She had escaped her dad. She's making it on her own. She's made it to Gotham City. She's helping out where she can, and her dad comes to town, and he's been hired to kill Batman or, or something. So even though they were before. old friends? Oh, oh yeah. Well, they had a falling out because okay. the David Kane, the guy who – her dad, the guy who trained Batman, he, he trained Batman, you know – with what he knew and then he's like okay now you need to start murdering people and batman's like forget this i'm out of here okay so they're not on good terms he's a villain okay so he's hired to kill batman or commissioner gordon i can't remember and basically cassandra kane finds out and he's she saves i think commissioner gordon's life and batman sees her and sees how good she is at fighting and decides to take it her under his wing okay all right that makes sense and then uh, yeah. it looks like Oracle gets involved with the training. Yes, because originally Oracle was super deeply offended because he saw she saw another person running around in 
a Batgirl costume. Yeah, who? Where'd that costume come from? Because it existed before the beginning of the volume I read. So did Batman give it to her, or did she make it? You know what? I'm not sure. I haven't read all of No Man's Land because I just haven't been able to get my hands on it. I've read the first volume, and I've listened to part one of the audio series. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, during No Man's Land, the Huntress decided to don the Batgirl costume. Oh, and that's the costume that she made. And I think it just got passed along to Cassandra. Okay. With No Man's Land story, is Bane a villain in that one also? Or was that just from Dark Knight Rises? He's if he's in it, and he may be because it's long, and they I think they go through a lot of villains. Um, he may be in it, but he's not the main villain. Okay, the main the main villain is the earthquake. Oh, really? That's <laughs> like, well, it you know it does its work and devastates everything, and then it's just aftermath and trying to keep order. And uh, I know Two Face is in it, and Penguin is a big part because uh, it's it's like a giant mob war in the old west. But Gotham. Okay. I should have asked you. Electricity and Batman. I just realized I should have asked you this first, but uh, how did you first get started with comics? What were some of your early ones that you read? Okay. Yeah. uh, My dad is a big comic book fan and he got got me started on it. He uh, joined the army and when he got there, he was kind of freaking out a little bit. And so he called his older brother and his older brother was like, go, uh, Go read some comic books, and hopefully it'll de-stress you. So he went out and bought comics, and now my shelves are full of comics. So didn't you recently – I know you tried to downsize a little bit, and you had a sale locally where you were selling your comics and then changing over to digital. So what does yes. your current collection look like? Is it mostly digital, or is it? do you still have a good um, collection? It's a lot a lot of digital, but I've, got a, I've still got a great collection of graphic novels. Um the reason I sold a lot of my my single issues, I inherited all those from my dad, and uh, they are so old and dusty, uh, I can't read them without it setting off my allergies. <laughs> so, oh, really? Okay. I, uh, yeah, so... Was there anything was really old and cool? And, were there pretty cool old ones in there, or what, which, like, what were some of the, well, the titles that you got rid of that were your dad's? I mean, they're all from the 80s, so like the mid-80s through the 90s, and it's, they're not like super old, but we're not keeping them in like pristine condition. We're trying – you know, we, we keep them to read them. Totally. And so just the, the sort of – you know, they're made out of like the paper you'd make newspaper on sort of. And so, as, you know, the longer you keep them, the more it gets dusty and frayed and uh, it just sets off my allergies. So uh, the newer comics are don't do that with the material they're made of, so I – I've been collecting now uh, ever since uh, rebirths happened. I've been collecting Superman and any title where Superman appears. Oh, really? Yes, because I'm trying to support my local comic book store. I like it. Yeah. So, no. So yeah, I've got got those, and then I've got graphic novels. Rebirth has uh, invigorated my interest in Superman because even though I, I mean, I was familiar with the pre-Flashpoint Superman, of course. In fact, that mm-hmm. would be. I would say he is my Superman because I read during the 90s, like I said, mostly Marvel, but some Batman and some Superman. Uh, of course, I jumped in the bandwagon after the death of Superman. And then during, I forgot what the storyline was called, but when Bane broke Batman's back, Nightfall. Yes, Nightfall. Yeah. Uh, so I jumped on the DC bandwagons around that time, but didn't really stick with it. Whereas Marvel, I followed really closely. Uh, but yeah, so 
I, when it comes to Rebirth, am very interested in the fact that they've brought back the pre-Flashpoint Superman to now live in the New 52 world. And that is what got me back into it because I couldn't stand New 52 Superman. Yeah, I just couldn't get into it either. Yeah, he's just not my Superman. And, uh, you know, you, you asked what was my first comic books. Well, it was John Byrne. Superman, the Man of Steel mm-hmm. miniseries, where they reboot it after the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. And so that that's the that's the birth of pre-Crisis Superman, or not pre-Crisis Superman, pre-Flashpoint Superman. And I've stuck with him and followed him all the way, you know, getting his graphic novels and the single issues my dad had. So I've I've followed him almost through his whole run. Um. Pre-Flashpoint. So are you? So you're enjoying both Superman and Action Comics. Yes, I'm getting them both. In some uh, ways, I almost like because I've read the first volumes from my library of both of those, and in some ways, although I like both, I like the mystery that's wrapped up with Action Comics. With the uh, Clark Kent. Yeah, I was gonna say in some ways I almost like that one more, but I'm it's hard for me to say that because I also like the father son stuff yeah. that's happening in Superman. So they're v- very different tones. Yeah, one's like, well, Action Comics is living up to its name. It's all action and cosmic crazy stuff and. You know, the mystery and, and whatnot. And Superman is all, uh, you know, the father-son, wife relationship, the exactly. family. You should talk a little bit about that because let's say a listener is tuning in and they have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to his son and his wife. Okay, so... Yeah, talk about uh, uh, convergence and then just take it from there. Okay, so, you know, you have pre-Flashpoint Superman. He's Superman. And then Flashpoint happens and come to and then the new 52 you know is rebooted and so come to find out though uh in convergence brainiac has been taking gotham cities from every reality of the dc universe which means he's got a uh pre flashpoint he's got the pre flashpoint gotham city which superman was conveniently in at the time right um he's got pre zero hour gotham city he's got pre crisis Gotham City. So he's before any like continuity changing event happens, he's got a city with that with the characters in it from before that continuity. So uh and then he pits them all against each other. So uh pre-Flashpoint Superman is there. And in the time that he's been there, he and Lois they've already been married, but now she's pregnant with their child. And during convergence, she has their child which they named Jonathan Kent after his uh adoptive earth father. And uh, then after Convergence is over, we find out that they escaped the Convergence world and ended up in the New 52 reality. Clark Kent. Do we know exactly how that happened yet? Or or is that still up in the air? No, they they explain – I think they explained it in the Lois and Clark miniseries that came out. Oh, man. I love that miniseries. Did you read that? Yeah, I read that and I loved it. And – did you? How much of Convergence did you actually read? Did you read the event? Yeah, I read the whole thing with the event, and then I read some of the. I read the. What do you call it? Spinoffs? No, yeah. offshoots. Yeah, tie-ins. 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 Yeah, that's right. It was. So I read the Superman one, and I read the one with Sandra Kane in it, <laughs> and uh, and I read the Nightwing and Oracle one because I like those characters too. Uh, the reason I asked if you had read Convergence is because I remember there was a kind of a cool scene that we never found out the exact resolution to but as the heroes were trying to i guess it's a little bit of spoilers for convergence here as they're trying to i don't know fix the big problem 
there was a group of heroes that no longer really existed in the mainline DC universe. So it was uh, pre-Flashpoint Superman, Lois Lane, uh, the Parallax version of Green Lantern. So the, Yes. And then was it Supergirl and Flash from pre-Crisis? I, I can't remember the exact characters, but, yeah, but this group of a pretty cool collection of heroes from different eras in DC, even different universes, left to go do something, and it was fixed off screen off panel yes and so if i think the implication is then if uh pre-flashpoint superman and lois are still out there that means this parallax this version of parallax is out there somewhere if it is Could supergirl be. and flash those guys are out there somewhere so uh well i believe what they said happened and I, you know more spoilers for convergence i believe what they said happened at the end was after they went and fixed the thing and we're not saying what that thing was but after they went and fixed the thing, uh, the multiverse was reestablished, and so they all went back to their respective – like they went to New Earths. Okay. Okay. In the multiverse, I guess. So so that Parallax, for example, he's not out there visiting some other Earth. You think he just went back to his universe? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I mean it'd be cool. To, he's a cool character. He's a cool bad guy. Yeah, he is. Um, But I'm not expecting him to show up in the – new 52 universe but how awesome would it be if he becomes a villain in like action comics or something oh well that would be cool i mean in action comics they've already brought back um so many good characters like they brought back the eradicator and uh they brought back some other people that i don't want to spoil but one person they brought back in the most recent issue they just wait wait i don't know if i want to know this how big of a spoiler is this oh you're not gonna care but it's (laughs) This so they're they're doing this thing where they're showing a bunch of villains that are have been brought back into the new fifty two continuity and they're potentially out there somewhere and they're showing them all. And amongst this cadre of villains is Imperiex. Oh, you're right. I don't care. I have no idea who that it, is. Exactly. And no one else does either. But he is my favorite DC villain. And he was the main bad guy in my favorite DC Comics event, Our World's at War. If you want to uh, know more, you can go back and listen to the uh, Justice League. What was it? The one I did with yeah, Ben. Yeah, Gods and Monsters. We talk about it. And he's, he's just one of my favorite villains. And they put his face in that, that mon- mashup of villains. So I'm super happy and I hope they do some more stuff with him. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah so I, okay. So then take it from there. So now I guess have you kind of wrapped up? So now we've got this family so now, living in. Yeah. And they, it turns out they've been in the new 52 universe since the start of the new 52 universe where the justice league takes on dark side for the first time. He Superman pre flashpoint was there watching and wondering whether or not he should step in and save the day, but decided not to the Justice League handle it. And since then, they've been living in hiding. And now a bunch of shenanigans are happening where they're trying to DC is trying to re-put uh, pre-Flashpoint Superman into the spotlight as the Superman of the new 52 universe. Yeah, and that's what I, these new comics are about. You know, just like readers can read the uh, DC New 52 and DC Rebirth stories and kind of see some stories mirroring past stories from the pre-Flashpoint universe. Like Readers are recognizing, oh, we know this character. Oh, here's a little twist on that character. Well, you've got a character like pre-Flashpoint Superman who's living in this new 52 universe and seeing things repeating but in different ways. So mm-hmm. he he's just like the reader where he's re-experiencing things. So it was fun to see 
in that miniseries you mentioned, Lois and Clark, where he was proactively looking for some of the bad guys that he knew uh, were going to pop up eventually. Yeah. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. It's so it's along those same lines, did you read the issue where, um, let's just call him Superman from now on, since New 52 Superman is out of the... Out of the picture. So Superman yep. shows up in the Titans comic and connects with Wally West from the pre-Flashpoint universe. Oh, yes, I have that. Oh, my gosh. That, that issue was that awesome. Was that was a, I mean, you've got two characters finally able to talk about this past that no one else remembers. Did you get Rebirth number one where Wally West is showing up everywhere? Yeah, Rebirth number one. Uh, we actually did a Comic Book Time Machine episode on, and it was my okay. favorite single issue of the entire last year. Yeah, I still was, like Marvel more, even right now in this point in my life, but that issue was super good. I have a hard time getting into Marvel Comics, man. Uh, any reason in particular? Well, for the most part, I just don't care. <laughs> like, I've got Marvel Unlimited, so I try, like, I try to sample new Marvel Comics all the time and old Marvel Comics, and I try to get into it, but I just don't care about a lot of the characters. Um I have got I've have gotten into some newer series like uh like Nova, the newest re- reiteration of him. I like I've been liking that. Uh I've been liking uh well, so before uh Secret Wars, the new big event where they now they've canceled a bunch of books that I was liking, like I liked Daredevil in San Francisco. That was mm-hmm. fun. I liked uh Cyclops as a space pirate. Right. That was very fun. Um, I liked the X-Men uh, Guardians of the Galaxy crossover. I think it's called the Dark Mirror or something. Uh, Black the, Vortex. Black Vortex, yes. And I like that. So there's been some that I've gotten into, but for the most part, it's, I feel like it's just been rough. Um, but it, I do love the Silver Surfer. Yes. Okay, let me say something and then let's go to the Silver Surfer because it's okay. sort of interesting. I have a lot more – not flexibility. That's not the right word. I'm way more forgiving, I think, of Marvel in the sense that I'll try a lot of their different things and just kind of dive in and feel pretty comfortable in that world because I don't know how it happens, how people end up becoming either a Marvel fan or a DC fan, but however it works, you just kind of become comfortable in that universe and so you can jump into a new thing more easily, whereas with DC, I'm really picky about what I get from the library. So Marvel, I'll try tons of, I mean, not every single thing, but it's free from the library. I'll try tons of different things and see if it's any good. With DC, I'm really particular. See, growing up, it was for me, DC is like Coca-Cola. You know, they're the classic true soft drink. That's so weird because I like Pepsi better. <laughs> really? It's a, in Marvel's <laughs> Pepsi. Yeah, that's a real stand. thing. <laughs> I try not to eat at Applebee's because they only serve Pepsi products. Oh, man, that's weird. <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, uh, when I have people on the air from other states, I kind of like to talk about what food you have out there that we don't have here in Minnesota. So you're, nice. fr- you're from Indiana. Do you know of I'm any? I'm not from Indiana. I'm from Virginia, Wait. but I currently live in Indiana. Oh, even better. So yes. what are some restaurants out there that you're pretty sure they're chains, but they're not near like near us in the Midwest? Like, do you have Steak and Shake? Yeah. Yeah. See, See I think we're pretty similar. I've never been to Minnesota, but I've been out. You know, I've been to Missouri and... See, I don't have Steak and Shake in I Minnesota. Know. That's why I brought it up. Oh, okay. But I've, I've had it in my travels. So Steak and Shake, that's a, uh, one I like. Uh, here's one I think we have only in the Midwest area and maybe a little bit beyond that I don't think you have. Do you guys have Culver's 
in Indiana? Yes, we do. Okay. Yes, we do. Are, are you a fan of Culver's? Uh, it's okay. I've I've been there and I like their ice cream, I think, or their custard or whatever. Yeah, they have. custard. And yeah, I don't I don't go too often, but I don't I don't go there for food. I what? don't go there for dessert. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What about Chick-fil-A? You guys have Chick-fil-A, right? Oh, for sure. This yeah. is like my top favorite restaurant. I love Chick-fil-A. Mm, well, see, we just got Chick-fil-A in Minnesota uh just four years ago. Really? So, so wow. it's still relatively new to people. But like I said, I used to travel a lot for work and so I've been gotcha. eating it for years. But yeah, it just moved locally here about four years ago. So we've got in Virginia, we've had that forever. Um, with my my wife doesn't really like Chick Fil A anymore because we went to it. We traveled as as missionaries across the United States for four years, so we were in like a new state, like every week. Oh, really? And, yeah, and we so we'd be traveling. Uh, so that's nine months out of the year for four years. She did it for five years. And we would often stop at Chick Fil A, and so she can't do it anymore. Wait, so I have you Subway. have you spent quite a bit of time in Minnesota, or have you at least been through you know, here? I don't it? I don't ever think I've been to Minnesota. Wow, which is weird. you went yeah, to every got, state except for Minnesota. I've got seventeen more states to go, um, <laughs> and I guess Minnesota is one of them because I don't think I've been there. Uh, nope, t- no, I have not been to Wisconsin. Okay, tell me more about the missions work you were doing. Oh, so it's uh, with Life Actions Ministries, and it's a revival ministry. So it's not uh, it's not evangelistic, uh, but what we do is we go to churches. It's for the church because revival is for the church. You can't be revived unless you're already revived, right? So we go to the we go to the churches. We set up for a week and we do a conference, and we're our team is equipped to take over every position in the church so that all the staff members for however many days we're meeting, sometimes it's four, sometimes it can go for two weeks, depending on which team or conference you want. And uh, so we take over the kids, we take over the platform and everything. And so everybody just can sit back and hear from the Lord. And basically the message is, you know, here's what the Bible says. Are you sure that you are living to the standard that God calls us to as Christians? So... And and That's, so before you used to travel, and you still work for this ministry right now, right? Yes. Okay. And the, but now I'm no longer traveling. I'm I'm with their uh, headquarters division. Okay, got it. So what did yep. your wife think when you started getting heavily into podcasting here? What was it like two years ago now? Yeah, she's because uh, it's a, it's she a has, time suck. Yes, it is. I mean, she, in a good way. Trouble adjusting. I guess it's that's kind of a weird phrase to use because usually you would say that for something that's a waste of time. Uh, it just it is time consuming to podcast yes and i've had to make some changes in how i do it too um but it's something that i really enjoy and it's a great outlet for because i have no almost no geek friends um at least friends who are the level of fan that i am with this stuff Mm -hmm. except for like you ben and daniel you guys are it so it's it's, yeah, yeah for real so and my dad so it's a good uh it's a good outlet for me, so she understands that, and it's been an adjustment on both our parts to figure out what's a good groove. But yeah, it's been awesome just being a part of Strangers and Aliens, uh, which I am co-host on. If you guys didn't know that, and because uh, it's it's not only an outlet for my geek stuff, but it also is you know for we're doing it's a Christian podcast, so and it's it's edifying content. Hey, re- remind uh, me, did you and Ben attend church together, or how did you guys make the connection? Yeah, so we originally we I came to his church, which is it's a god thing, man, because you know, my dad bought me some of his comics back in Virginia before I had any idea who he was. Um, Wait, your dad bought Ben Avery's comics? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
like not his from him personally, like from a Christian bookstore. Right. Yep. Gave them to me. Yeah. And I've met some other people who have worked on uh, like I, I met a guy who gave me a book that he I think illustrated or maybe he wrote it uh, and uh, Ben wrote for that same in that same issue. So it's just weird. And so I can't we got we came to this church and uh, the music pastor was like, hey, you should meet Ben Avery because you guys would get along. So we uh, he introduced us. We waved at each other and went our separate ways. And I went and talked to him later when he was cleaning because he was a janitor at this point so i went and talked to him while he was cleaning the church while i was working there at one point and hit it off and, but you guys don't attend the same church right now right not anymore no because okay. he got a he got a great new job okay. at a new church so so you're at his old church and he's working at a different one now is that right so yeah, you're and i'm okay. actually doing yes yes and i'm actually uh working at another church now beside besides the one that he uh, used to go to, but we're still going there on Wednesdays because we're involved in the youth group. Okay, got it. Just wanted to clear that up. Okay, so Silver Surfer. Yes. <laughs> Get this. I was never a big fan of Silver Surfer, and to this day, even though I'm interested, I've never read that original three-issue story where Galactus and Silver Surfer first appeared in the fa- in the Fantastic Four. So I'm, I attempted it. Is it is that hard to uh, slog through? Ah, it's just it's it's the old style of yeah. you know Marvel comic books. So you just, there's a lot of exposition by the narrator, a lot of it. I mean, I'll do it. I'll read it eventually. I just haven't yeah. got to it yet. So I would not say by any means that prior to reading Dan Slott's Silver Surfer that I was a fan of the Surfer, but I was a fan of the writer Dan Slott's Spider Man. So when I okay. found out he was going to be uh, doing Surfer, and I also like the artist Michael Allred. I thought, oh, that seems like a good combo. I think I'll I'll uh, check that book out. And I've, yeah, I've I've been really enjoying that one. It's been great, and I actually really like the Silver Surfer. There, he and Galactus are two of my favorite comic book characters, um, regardless of which universe. Uh, it, he's one of the few Marvel, or they are one of the few Marvel characters that I really enjoy and you really get into now here's the thing you take silver surfer away from galactus in any other story or any other book and i don't care yeah so um let me ask you this because i know that the writer dan slot is a big fan of doctor who i'm not i'll be honest i'm not a huge doctor who fan although i've seen quite a bit of the show where do you land on that because the reason i'm asking is because he wrote this book to be basically a marvel version of doctor who right that's what i've heard and I know nothing about Doctor Who. Uh, okay. We deba- my my sister in law is really into it, and so my wife and I were like, "Should we get into it?" And we were like, "Nah," because it's there's so much of it. Yeah, I mean, I you like- could start with the revival and be yeah. fine, but it's still a big commitment. Yeah. So I I know nothing about Doctor Who. I don't I don't know anything about the tone or the characters or anything. But I've heard that it's very that this is very similar to that, and if that's so, I'd probably like it because I, I love the quirkiness. Yeah. What do you think this. about? So I love the artwork in this book. Do you love the art? I don't love the art, but I like it in the like if if this was in a Superman book, I would hate it. Oh really? Uh, what about probably. it? Do you hate? It's very uh, simplistic, and you know, which is not bad. But I don't know. I don't know. I just. I, it's a he has a very distinct style. Yes, I don't feel like it's good for serious storytelling. I guess I could see that. But since this is like quirky, like and it's real quirky, and it 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 
doesn't it takes itself seriously, but it knows it can uh, poke fun at itself, which I really enjoy. Yeah, that's the reason I like it. It's a book that I typically will like some sort of epic storytelling or like a long form story where it's uh, you know the the author has a plot planned out and we're getting these mm. story beats along the way for Surfer. I just like the fun of it and I can put it down and not read it for months. But then when I get back to it, really enjoy whatever I read. Yeah. And I, I love, see, I I tried to read some other silver surface stuff and it's all just very serious. Totally. And, uh, you know, but since they added Dawn Greenwood, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I like how she plays off the surfer. She's kind of like the audience's window in this crazy zany world. Yeah. So this series introduces the earth female don greenwood as the point of view character for the audience so that we can kind of be introduced into the silver surfer's world so for me who's never read any silver surfer prior to this i mean it was good to have that character to be able to basically i'm learning along the way tons of things about his background the only thing i knew is of course that he used to work for galactus and then turned good but um yeah so i mean there's really not too much to tell beyond the fact that Surfer and this uh, Earth girl travel the universe together, get on adventures. Uh, there's not typically any long stories, maybe two to three issues at most. But yeah, it's different than other modern comics where they're telling six issue stories. But it's it's quirky, it's zany, it, but it's also very sci fi. Mm-hmm. So if you like that hardcore sci fi concept stuff, uh, you'll probably like this. But it. Like I said, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, so the writing is great. The art is great. Mm-hmm. For me, this is... I kind of like to call it my favorite Marvel book that's currently out there. Because even though I probably technically like Amazing Spider-Man better... Uh, I mean, everybody likes Spider-Man. So this is... I kind of like to have a favorite that's maybe not everybody's favorite. So right. this is... Whereas I don't necessarily feel like... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Spider-Man's my favorite character. But... This is my favorite current book. Unfortunately, I mean, we've talked about this on Facebook. I'm pretty sure this book got canceled. I, I don't have 100% confirmation, but it oh, it looks like it might have got canceled. That's right. You told me that. Yeah. Hey, I'll try to do a quick... Oh, that would be horrible. I'll do a quick check. But in some ways, I feel like it was just a matter of time before it got canceled because Surfer in general doesn't have a big audience. But here, I'll... I'll, uh, do, yeah, sir, I hope- I'll do a quick search. What do you collect every month? Like, Just tell me what things do you feel like... You have to buy every month. You already said Superman. Well, yeah, so Superman's it, really. I mean, I don't have a lot of extra income to spend on comic books. So are you? So where can, are you reading Surfer? On uh, Marvel Unlimited? On Marvel Unlimited, yeah. Okay. So I, for Marvel, I can wait six months because, um, like I said, usually I don't really care. But I've been enjoying Silver Surfer. I've What else have I been reading? I've been loving their Star Wars revival stuff that they've been putting out. That's been awesome. Uh, oh, and I really – this is probably my second favorite behind Silver Surfer. I really like the Vision comic book. Oh, have, you yeah. guys, have you been reading that? Yeah, I read that. that you know, that's basically just a, at this point just a 12-issue miniseries. You know about that? Right. So, yeah, I've, I, I've read I the whole thing. I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, it, that's something really definitely – it's been really good. That's – I mean most people would – well, not most people. A lot of critics would put that as the best comic of last year. I mean, yeah, it, the writing is terrific. Yeah, it's and totally different than what you'd think. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like a superhero. It's a psychological sci fi thriller. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a superhero story to me. It's just kind of a really interesting, 
way to use the vision in a story that's short and and they have a beginning, middle, and an end. So yeah, that's a great collection. Yeah. So I've been I've been doing Superman and. I, what I do is I search the racks, and if he appears on a cover for a different book, I'll buy that book. Interesting. So how is uh, Rebirth <laughs> Justice League? Because I haven't read that yet. No, I, okay. So I haven't been doing Justice League. That's my one exception with that. Because, so why is that? Why would why did you skip on that? Because that's a regular book that Superman's going to be in. And for those, like I can wait for the trade um, because it's not really about him. He's like a side character. I mean, he they're all side characters. It's not their – it's not – an individual Batman, you know, story. It's, it's all them together. So I skip on that just because I want, you know, Superman centric stuff. And like I said, I don't have a, too much extra income, but what I do, if I, what I do do, what I do do is, uh, if I see a good crossover, I can't resist a good crossover. Oh, like, um, like so what, right, right one? now I'm currently, uh, collecting with, you know, wrapped attention, the uh, Justice League versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, which has been fantastic so far. I've got three issues. It's great. Uh, I have not read that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. But there's one that's that's coming out. Actually, I think it's currently coming out, but I haven't read it yet. I'll probably read it when all the issues are at once, uh, which is Green Lantern crossing over with the Planet of the Apes, which I think sounds fun. I've got the first two issues. Have you read it? Uh, the first two issues. Okay, are, are they pretty good? Yeah, they're okay. I've I've got I've got a thing about magic. I don't know if you know that. Okay, but, uh, I've heard you talk about on strangers and aliens. Yeah, definitely. I've heard you talk about it. Just for this audience, give a thirty second summary of what you mean by that. Yeah, I'm iffy on magic. I'm hesitant to uh, buy or consume media with witchcraft in it just because I I don't know exactly where I, I'm at with that issue as a Christian. Um, I So I just – I try to take everything on an individual basis you know, and just pray through it and see uh, what God wants me to do about that. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't – as far as as far as like being a Christian, it makes me uncomfortable. And as far as just being a a comic book fan, I just I don't like magic in my stories because I think it's just kind of like I I understand if it's like a magical book like like Lord of the Rings or whatever. This this is me talking as a fan, mm-hmm. but I don't want you know I don't want a magic sorcerer guy in my Superman comic. I just I want it to be a sci fi thing. You know, so what happens if like uh, I can't say that guy's name, but Mixel Pixelic, Mr. Mixius Pixelic. <laughs> Wait, say it again. Mr. Mixius Pixelic. Yeah, he, yes. is he magic or is he just like an alien? No, he's he's not. He's from another dimension, and basically he can just do whatever. Because it's interesting that you don't like magic, and it's and mm-hmm. the fact that Superman is your favorite character because magic is Superman's only weakness. Besides Kryptonite, yes. Yeah, besides Kryptonite. Yeah. So do you Very think there's a correlation? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might just be a happy coincidence. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I've been checking out Titans uh, when it comes to the Rebirth titles. I like, oh, yeah? I like the idea of it more than I actually like the end product. I'm just going to be totally honest. The idea mm-hmm. is, we had mentioned earlier, Wally West from pre-Flashpoint is reintroduced into the New 52 universe. He recognizes that this universe is wrong that you know it's interesting because we've always viewed new 52 as 
different than post-crisis. Like those are two different worlds. But yes. Wally West is essentially saying somebody and somebody outside affected the pre-Flashpoint universe, which is also post-crisis, and made it uh, kind of took away 10 years of time and then started things back over in a different way. So that's why right. stories so, so are repeating. was at Flashpoint, Flash, you know, he goes, goes back in time, messes with something, and then the universe is uh, messed up. So then at the end of Flashpoint, he goes he goes back to fix it. And at the point of him fixing it, this interloper, who we don't know who it is, except we all know who it is. Right, we know who it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, messes with it and affects that point in time where he fixed it and add, you know, adds something or takes away something. And that's what spawned the new 52 universe instead of it going right back to how it was. Right. And so Wally West pops up and he remembers the old universe and no one but nobody remembers him in the new 52 so he slowly by interacting with people starts to jog their memories almost through some sort of power we don't really understand and so the people that right now know who wally west is outside of superman who we talked about earlier are flash so the new 52 flash now remembers his life where wally west was his friend and all of the formerly known as the Teen Titans, now just going by the Titans. So the reason I picked up this book, Titans, is because it was basically starring Wally West with a bunch of other former sidekick heroes. But it they gave the impression that this was going to be the book that had the whole, well, let's just spoil it for Rebirth. It's been a year now almost. So the Watchmen universe is connected to DC for the first time. Right. The Watchmen are the bad guys. And... I thought by reading the description of what Titans was going to be about that there would be a lot about Wally West and the team trying to find out where the Watchmen are or find out who the Watchmen are. And all the issues I've read so far have not even touched on that at all. In fact, they almost give an alternate explanation as to why Wally West was erased from history. Right. So have you? Uh, how much of Titans have you read? Uh, none, except for that one Superman crossover okay. issue. But I mean, it's, I don't think it, I didn't think it was going to happen this year either because I mean, they're doing some long form storytelling. They've been setting up. Well, it's a two, it's a two year story. I heard. Okay. Because they've been setting up the Watchmen coming in since, uh, the end of dark side war in justice league. Exactly. Yep. Well, that, that episode or that issue, the last issue of dark side war came out at at the same or on the same day as rebirth one. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I remember, okay, that's cool. yeah, so I actually went to the store that day because I, I knew something was happening. I just didn't know what was happening. And I bought both of those books, which I don't usually, I wasn't collecting Justice League at that time. Um, and, but, you know, Rebirth was just a one shot. So I bought both of those and just read them straight through that first day. I was shocked. I, mean, I did a whole episode about it, but I was shocked by what happened. Um, <laughs> so are you familiar with the fact that so as we record this it's early april i'm not sure when this episode's going to hit the air but are you familiar with the fact that they're going to be diving into a little bit of the watchman mystery later this month with a batman flash crossover called the button yes all right so to me i mean i know they've been dropping hints about the watchman mystery for the last year but this is the first overtly watchman ish title that they're doing Yes. Are you collecting? So, are you going to collect that, or how are you going to read that? Or are you just going to wait and hear what happens? I don't know. 
I don't know either. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm at. I feel like a part of me wants to buy it, and then the other part of me knows I need to save money. <laughs> so, what is that? It also might just be like, you know, drive you less crazy if you just read it all in one sitting. Oh, I do like reading things. Well, I like reading things for free in a trade format, but I hate being spoiled. Oh, yes, that's true. And it's it's going to be impossible. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I don't read it that day, I'll find out about it somehow, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that's not 100% true, but likely. So, I don't know. If you decide I'm to read it, it might be worth discussing on the show. Yeah. But I but um, I don't want you to buy it for that reason because I might not buy it. So, maybe we could discuss this off the air. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm not... I don't know how crazy I am about the crossover of the two things. Flash we'll and Batman? play it out. What? Are you saying Flash and Batman or Watchmen and DC? Watchmen and DC. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's it was totally out of left field. No one expected that. No. Which was a great move by them. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to reserve judgment for after I read it. Yeah. I... I'm optimistic that it'll be awesome, but the shock factor of seeing them finally bring those two things together, it was, for me, that's the reason I think it was my favorite read of last year, because I, it's just one of those things you never think is going to happen, and then there it yeah. is. So, so what are you, well, are you in the loop on, this is not as shocking as Watchmen. Well, why don't you finish your, your thought, and I'll ask you a different question. I was just thinking to myself, you know, how are they going to defeat Dr. Manhattan, who's clearly the one who messed with everything? Right. Um. Because he, like, he just do anything. Yeah, he, I only, it's not even a question. It's definitely him. I just don't know. Yeah. It's going to be weird to make him a villain because he was never really a villain in Watchmen. He was. Eh, he was a uh, he. He wasn't a good guy, but he wasn't yeah. a villain. I don't think. Well, is anyone in that series a good guy? I guess that's a good question. Yeah, Watchmen yeah. was a tough read for me. I read it after hearing all the hype, and in the end, I didn't really like it that much. Even though yep. I'm sure people listening are thinking I'm crazy because it's like the most popular graphic novel of all time. Okay. okay. What you can't argue with is the craft of the comic book. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I can recognize it's high quality. I yeah. So high quality, but low entertainment value for me. Oh. Well, forget entertainment value. Just the content is just so. Ugh. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, me. I think I might be a little bit more liberal with what I'm accepting of when it comes to content. Although, definitely more conservative than a ton of people uh so between you and me i'm probably less conservative but between the general audience i'm probably way more conservative but right, right. and oh, but, I mean, even even ben talks about i mean it's one of his he read he read it a lot and it's one of his favorite comic books but he says he just can't read it anymore just because the forget everything forget you know the the blatant stuff just the underlying nihilism that bleeds out of every page of that thing is just depressing. And yeah. Nah. Yeah. It, it definitely changed comics and made them darker. And I think that's what the theme of the story DC versus Watchmen will be right. is that they in story, they're going to figure out some way to reflect the fact that Watchmen made the DC universe a darker place. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. Which I like. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good idea. Anyway, what were you saying before my last All thing? right. So, crossover-wise, I know okay. you said uh, you're enjoying... Wait, what did, you, what did you say you're enjoying right now? Justice Just, League yes, Power Rangers. That's right. Uh, so, not that kind of crossover, but more like event crossover. Marvel's about to do 
Secret Empire. Are right. you familiar with this? Have you been following the news? Uh, I don't know. It's it has to do with Captain America being evil. Yeah, it's crazy, right? right? I mean, it's yeah. it's different than him being brainwashed, but in the end, they'll ultimately have some way to turn him good again, where he's right. not exactly acting himself. But uh, yeah, it looks like this. They're going to condense the story and have, I believe, I heard three issues of the event come out every month, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's a, again, don't hold me to this. I believe it's either nine issues or 12, but don't hold me to that. And it's coming three a month. Uh, It looks like it's going to be, if you just look at the solicitations for the comics that are coming out over those months, basically it's taking over Marvel. But then post Secret Empire, Marvel said they're taking an 18 month break from events because people have been, well, I don't know if this is the reason, but I know just if you hear people talking online, and in news articles, people seem to be a little bit sick of one event after another in Marvel, specifically. Yes, DC yeah. has some, but Marvel definitely is more guilty of this. I mean, just reading on Unlimited, you have a series like Nova. It goes to like 12 issues. If and then that. a big event happens, and we start over with a new number one. Yeah, exactly. It just keeps happening again and again and again. And yeah, I'm sick of it. <laughs> I am kind of interested so. in how they've rearranged how they release issues so instead of thinking you know we're at year five of this run and it's whatever issue issue 42 they're treating every calendar year as a almost a season of television so that one through 12 is basically just one season and maybe they'll have the same creative team or maybe they'll start over that point but yeah i don't know if we'll ever get to other than something like action and detective comics uh, I don't know if we're going to get to those big numbers ever again because the whole way of numbering has changed so drastically just in the last few years. See, and I, I really hope that's not the case because, man, I, besides Superman, and I, actually, I didn't collect Superman. My dad collected Superman, and then we got all the graphic novels. Um, but I collected Young Justice. So that got up to 55 issues. I collected Teen Titans. Uh, that went uh, probably about the same number. And then... I collected Ultimate Spider-Man, and that got up into the 150s. Yeah, did you stick with that? I mean, you collected all those issues? Yeah, I started a little late. I started at like 19, but yeah. Okay. I've um, I've actually never read that run. Dude. I would like it. I just haven't. Hey, Matt. I've let read... me just tell you something right here. My favorite comic book character is Superman. Okay, no question. But my favorite comic book series ever hands down bar none is ultimate spider-man that's interesting i've read the first two or three volumes but even though i was bragging on my library earlier this is one series that the library doesn't have every volume of dude all you gotta do is get unlimited for a month (laughs) just dive 10 bucks and just read them all and they're because they're all on there that's what my i did with my friend uh i had unlimited and i gave him a my password and he he read through all of them actually we just came out with the ultimate spider-man review episode on strangers and aliens where we talked about this yeah get, well, guess what i saw it in my feed because i of course listen to strangers and aliens mm-hmm. and i had to just set it aside for a, a different day i started listening and then i felt bad because i know i want to read it eventually yeah <laughs> uh so yeah i did not listen to that episode yet so in so two or good. three years i'll be checking out that episode of strangers and aliens okay uh, it is so good Okay, so speaking of Spider-Man, I've already mentioned it numerous times. Amazing Spider-Man, 
is being written right now by Dan Slott, who I think is a great comics writer. They recently did a whole clone saga tie-in series called Clone Conspiracy, which I won't go into here. I don't know. Maybe I'll cover it in an episode down the road since I'm so into Ben Riley. But all that to say, Ben Riley is getting his own comic again this month, April 2017. Can you believe oh, it? Cool. <laughs> Did you even know that? I think I heard that. I knew he was back. Um, because I've been on Unlimited, they're finally getting to the clone conspiracy issues. Okay. Yeah. So, so Ben Ben Riley, uh, I won't tell you how he comes back, but he returns in this series. And Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, has a new series starting this year. So this is gonna be weird to say, but again. I just don't know if I'll be able to collect the issue by issue, even though I love this character. I'll pick up some of the early ones. Because because of money or because of interest? Uh, no. More money, but slightly because of interest when it comes to what direction are they going to go with this character. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'll check out the first few. But I don't want to say this is going to be a new like Silver Surfer to me. Gotcha. I've been worried about the same thing with Superman because I've been collecting in, in in fact, last issue that I got, I was really concerned that, you know, because they've been doing great with my character. I've been loving what they're doing. It's, you know, it's they're writing it like it's the Superman we've always known and loved. And I thought they were going to let me down, but they didn't. They pulled through. Going, Are you talking about the through. Superman Reborn uh, yep. kind of mini event? Yep. I heard a little bit up, about it, but let's not talk about it right now. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I'll read it eventually. Yeah, so Clone Conspiracy, I liked it. I think I should, oh man, I kind of want to still go back and I have all these volumes of the original Clone Saga that I thought I'd, when I first started, the, or when Ben and Daniel and myself first started doing this podcast, I had always thought that would be a for sure thing I'd get to and I never got around to it. So maybe in the next year or so, I'll start slowly working my way back through those original stories and then eventually get to clone conspiracy i don't know we'll see <laughs> listeners let me know what you're interested in all right give me yeah. give me your next topic i've been asking you a lot of questions well um have you read uh justice league versus the avengers uh i've read some crossovers are you talking specifically about jla avengers yes guess what i got it recently uh, I got cheap when a comic book sh- uh, store locally here was closing, but I haven't read it yet. Dude, it is great. Is and it really? It's the only Marvel DC crossover that is canon. Oh, that is interesting because I read the 90s DC Marvel crossover that ended yes. up culminating in the Amalgam universe. Yep, yep. And that's not canon. Um, still fun. But those uh, those matches were decided by fan vote. Yes, I, I remember that. I might have been a part of it. If, I can't remember for sure, but I was reading those issue by issue as a kid. That was awesome. Nice. Well, yeah, and it's pretty good. But JLA Avengers, it's... See, that... I mean... JLA Avengers, now this, that's worth an episode. Yeah, I mean, that's got everything you want in a crossover between the world's two biggest comic book corporations. Maybe that's where we should end tonight and just tease future episode. Evan returns and we talk about because it's only four issues, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. so okay, okay, that sounds good. I mean, uh, and then for closing thoughts, I never, I just realized I never gave you my thoughts on Batgirl, which is what we started with. Yes. Let's okay. Hear it. So definitely, I was surprised by who the character ended up being. It wasn't the traditional version of the character that I would have expected. 
Uh, loved her fighting skills, or the, kind of the. It's not a superpower, but the power that she has was pretty cool. Isn't it sweet that she can take Batman? Yeah, it's crazy. And I, my favorite scene in the entire. You sent me a pretty hefty volume, and I read well one big one and one regular size one. I read both. Uh, my favorite scene in either of the two books was where she was sort of questioning Batman on when will she be as good as him, and it was interesting to see how much Batman respected her. Uh, he believed at this point in the conversation that within 10 years she could be equal to him, which may sound like a long time, but that's a crazy big compliment coming from Batman. Yeah, 10 years and she's equal to the probably the best superhero slash detective in Well, isn't that after she lost her fighting skills? Yeah, I was kind of skipping that, but um, he basically said he could retrain her and get her back up to speed within one year and then within 10 years she'd be as good as him. Whereas before she was just as good as him. So are you are you saying I, now I didn't necessarily pick up on that. Are you saying prior to her losing uh, a little bit of spoilers here for a, a subplot that gets resolved? But sorry, yeah, that's okay. Uh, it gets resolved, so it's just like a few issue subplot. She for a little while is without her powers. Um, so you're saying that Quote with powers with her powers, you think she's actually equal to Batman? Because I didn't necessarily pick up on that exactly. She might be like maybe one notch below him, but yeah, because yeah. she did. But she didn't like. She almost didn't, you know, train to get that good. She's just, you know, born, you know, born and raised as a fighter. Like literally, that's instead of learning to talk, she just learns lethal fight yeah. moves, and now she has this ability to. I mean, I feel like yeah, she's maybe one notch below him. Uh, but at least, yeah, his equal. It's kind of crazy to think about. All right. Well, all right, and, 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 I, I, here's why. Here's why. Because he meets her. They get through No Man's Land, and he just gives her the costume and says, you can be Batgirl. No training by him. Yeah. No nothing by him. He's just like, you've got it. I, I want to ask you this. We, I can't believe I didn't ask this earlier. You had mentioned that uh, this is one of your all-time favorite characters slash comic runs. Why is that? What resonates with you about this particular title? Okay, so it's not necessarily the title, but it is the character because the title is cool because a lot of the stories are just like uh, one and done, one one issue and you're done, and it's like little vignettes from her life, and they're very artfully told, very visual storytelling, Um, and the art is just really cool, and that you know is also due to the fact that she does not talk much. But the reason I like her character, number one, I just think she's really, really cool. I mean, she's a she's like a 16-year-old, 17-year-old girl who is Batman's equal, but she's not cocky about it. Um, she just wants to do what's right because she's been trained all her life to do what's wrong and very, very innocently led down the wrong path by her own father. Um, and so I kind of like that. And I'm, I am. Wait, is it her father or her adopted father? That's a good question. I think it's an adopted father, but okay. Keep it going. could be unless you've read all the comic books and then you might not be so sure. About oh, okay. That. I got you. <laughs> little, little spoilers. Um, no, scary. <laughs> okay. So keep going. So anyway, so that's one reason. And also like, I, I feel like I'm drawn to characters who, are you know they come from messed up backgrounds but they genuinely 
want to do what is right and want to be on the right path. Um, cause you have some characters who are come from messed up backgrounds and they, they just have a bad attitude about everything. Even trying to get back on the right path, they have a, just a bad attitude about everything. And she's just very teachable, willing to learn. Um, you know, this might, I'm hesitant to say this cause my wife is sitting right here, but she kind of reminds me of my wife. <laughs> uh, she's it, looking at me weird. Yeah. Now. Tell and, her, tell her how this is a compliment. This is this is a compliment, <laughs> babe. So she's looking at me all weird, just because uh, my wife and I grew up very differently. Like if you look if you look at our childhoods, mine was much more like the the Clark Kent sort of childhood, where loving parents give you every opportunity in the world, and uh, her, she had a little bit more of a, a struggle, and some tragedy happen as she was growing up, and still just coming, you know, out of that. And wanting to do what's right and 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 getting on a path that has, you know, just made her the woman who she is. And it's a and she's got three sisters and her path has just been so much different than theirs. Um and it's you know one of the reasons I love her. So yeah, I think plus they're both small Asian women. Uh, Sandra Kane and my wife. <laughs> so, so that also might contribute to the association. But yeah, yep. So wait, did you did you read Batgirl before you met your wife or after you yes. met your wife? Okay, yeah. And I liked her then too. Um, you know, I actually might have liked my wife originally because uh, I liked Batgirl. She reminded me of Batgirl. Whoa, Wait a second. My whole life is a lie. Wait, does she know that? Is she learning this for the first <laughs> no, time right no, now? No, she's looking at me. I don't know if that's true at all. <laughs> but um, those, you know, not none of the specific details about the character, but all those general things uh, remind me of my wife. And uh, and I think I'm just drawn to that sort of character. And, and even in like as as a person, I'm drawn to want to, you know, benefit people like that or help people like that or love people like that um because i know god blessed me so much in how i grew up and to see other people uh who weren't as blessed the, the way i was uh i just really have a heart for that i guess totally so that's good yeah. so for you five stars for the character absolutely for the series uh, i give it four stars uh just because it's I don't know if it's for everybody, especially not for kids. There's oh, a lot of yeah. violence. Um, but yeah. So for me, I enjoyed it. Four, I four, four would oh, say four to what? Four to four and a half stars. Okay. So for me, I really enjoyed it. I, this is a noteworthy fact about it. I don't know if you got this also, but it was probably the fastest read I've ever read of any comic. Oh, really? I mean, this this bigger volume you gave me is... 13 i believe 13 issues long and usually that would take me some time to get through and it flew by i mean yeah it i read this crazy fast so was it because it was so interesting or is it because she doesn't talk much i i think it might be a combo because you still <laughs> yeah. get her inner monologue so even though she's not talking you still have inner monologue so yeah. i think uh i'm not sure what it was maybe it was the way the art was done in at this time period when did this come out do you remember what years? Uh, I think mid 2000s, early 2000s. It might have been that uh, there tended to be 
like you're flipping through the pages quicker because of maybe the bigger panels. Uh, yeah, there are some I, full, like, I'm, I'm just flipping through here. There, there's awesome artwork, but it's about one, two, three, four, five, six, six pages of artwork with very minimal words. Yeah. And so you're just kind of, it's very visual. Yeah. Really visual comic. So I think I, I mean, I liked it. But I don't think I liked it quite as much as you. I'm thinking more three and a half probably for me. But still, yeah, definitely enjoyable. I'm glad you sent it my way so I could check it out. And I'm, I mean, yeah, just, man, no just to be able to um, learn about this character, which I I mean, this is just a hole in my knowledge. So that was great. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And I love that artwork. It seems like in the early 2000s that kind of bulky, more cartoonish art style was in right, yeah. fashion. Because you see that in Superman, you see that in Nightwing, you see that in the Batman comics of that time. And I I love that. I love that art. I wish we would go back. And actually, the Superman art in the news, in the Superman Rebirth stuff is uh, reminiscent of that, which I'm, I'm really enjoying. All right. So as we close up, if let's say we already talked about JLA Avengers. Let's say you and me team back up for another future episode of Comic Book Time Machine. Okay. Tease listeners, what's something that you would potentially be interested in? And then I'll see if I'm actually interested. <laughs> so we're so, saying we're, so, we're probably going to do JLA Avengers, but I mean, what's something else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great idea because I own it and definitely want to get to it. But what's some other things that are in your wheelhouse or just you have a natural interest towards it and maybe you potentially mm-hmm. be interested in checking it out or uh, or you've read it and you love it and you want me to read it like Batgirl? Okay. Well, have you read through The Death and Return of Superman? Great question. I've read parts of it when it originally came out as a kid, but never each of those because I think there's three or four volumes that chronicle that whole time period, right? Yep, yep. No, I haven't. I haven't read it all the way through. That might be fun. Also, what might be fun is if you finally read Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh yeah, definitely. Except for you already Love had that. you already did a whole Strangers episode on that, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make you do a whole but new conversation. You being the- well, I love talking about it. If you, since you're the the super fan, the Spider Man super fan, it might be fun. Um, let's see what else. Uh, have you read Marvels? Oh man, I love Marvels. I Marvel's just read it for the first awesome. time twenty in twenty fifteen. Yeah, great stuff. Um, and then of course I I like you just pick a Superman book and we can do it. Not New Fifty Two though. Okay. <laughs> and I, I'm all over it. So awesome! And I, I mean, maybe even off the air, we can talk about other things. Uh, okay. But yeah, no, we we have to do this again. This it's crazy. That I'm looking at the clock here. We've been talking for over an hour, and it feels like it just flew by. I know. Yeah, you were right when you approached well, me about thanks this. For we, having me on. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, you were right when you first brought this idea up. You basically said we didn't really need an outline, and I, we didn't have one, but we were able to get an hour of content out there. So yes. Hopefully, listeners, uh, there was something that uh, it was interesting to you because this is a very eclectic conversation. Yeah. Oh, and uh, <laughs> definitely uh, comment on this episode and let us know if there are things you think that we should discuss or you'd like to hear us discuss together. Uh, and we'll go from there. So, all right, I'm going to hit the music. You won't be able to hear it because you're on Skype. And then I'll talk to you off the air when the music is done. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Comic Quick Time Machine. Make good choices. Yeah, you can say it if you want. Be be safe, kids. Make good choices.
All right, the music has just ended. Sorry, is that everyone's uh, closing line? I thought that was just Daniel. It is just Daniel. He's going to be so oh. mad when he hears this that, that <laughs> I let you get away with that. I didn't even say what I usually say. That's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson signing off. Sorry, Daniel, if yeah. you're hearing this. No, I don't. And I think, uh, how does Ben end his? Does he end all of his with Godspeed? I think so. I know he does for Strangers and Aliens. Yeah. So, yeah, you basically just stole Daniel's catchphrase. I can't believe it. You're, well, you're just you trying know, to take over everybody's podcast. <laughs> Slowly, but yeah. surely. Poor, poor Dr. Dr. Jace on the Strangers and Aliens never knew what was happening. <laughs> Until it was too late. Yeah. All right. That's it for real. We're signing off, listeners. So long, folks.